0: What's going on, guys? My name is Hussein, and software engineering is an overwhelming field, especially for newcomers to the engineering field, and experienced and seasoned engineer too. We get we get confused all the time because there are so many uh, stuff to choose from, and why? That's because software engineering is a very creative field. It's a very creative. Playground. A lot of people. You can build a lot of tools very quickly uh, to solve your particular problem, and that results in, in in thousands and thousands and thousands of software, and thousands of solutions, and thousands of architectures. Right? That's it's unlike physical medium like i don't know art of painting there's there's a style right and and, and poetry there's certain style you can sit to but if you see this you know this is poetry and uh, like hardware design even that is kind of limited because you're limited with the with the rules of physics right you just you have this and you try to make things a little bit better right however software you can you can build anything with software right it's 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 relatively simpler to build and as a result you have different architecture and uh, you get a lot of choices as a result so in this video what i want to do is i want to talk through talk through three points of why software engineering is an overwhelming field and what can someone do to kind of ease up on that and the third three sections are uh, the learning of new technologies. And the second one is bug fixing. Some people spend days, if if not weeks, fixing a single bug, right? And how to help relieve that a little bit, because that could be a frustrating experience, definitely for for, for newcomers and experienced ones. But the, but once you get out of it, you, you you feel really good feeling if you understand what what you what you fixed. And uh, the final thing is just design tasks and designing a system and what to do for these kind of things and how to basically design a system so it fits your use case. How about we jump into it? So first thing, guys, learning software engineering topics and and concepts. I said this many, many times. I can't say it enough. If you want to learn a new technology... First of all, the first question you have to ask is what does this technology give you and why does it exist? You have to ask these two questions and and the why question is more than the what. And the reason is because once you ask the why, you start having certain clues and cues to why this technology exists to, to reveal the problem, the original problem. And once you look at the problem... You can start deriving different sets of first principles that you can lay on top of. I'll give you an example. So if you, for example, start learning a technology, let's say, Kubernetes, right? You want to learn Kubernetes and you don't know anything else. You just, first thing you want to learn is Kubernetes. You will be... Extremely lost. Why? Because you'll you'll stop memorizing things. Because what the heck is a pod? Why do I have a pod? You don't know. You just know that it's a thing and you have to memorize it. And you this is how it used to work and this is how it always works. And that's that that's what you're gonna do as a software engineer. You don't you don't care what it does. That's 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 a false mindset to have, in my opinion. So you will get easily lost in these semantics. But if you understood that, well, why does this technology exist, Kubernetes? And can I choose something else to fix my problem, right? Because why would you learn Kubernetes to begin with? There is always a reason. Sometimes there is no reason. It's just your, your manager told you to do that and you have to learn them. But that doesn't stop you from breaking down this thing into its basic atomic principles just like math do you know guys if imagine memorizing equations in math like how many possible permutation of equations are you going to memorize that's why it's not that's why a lot of people do bad in math because they don't understand what when to use when right once you do you go back to the original first principle methods or, or, or components I guess and operations, you can start proving anything that comes on top of that. If you follow the same principle with with software engineering, you will easily understand every single technology and why does it exist Kubernetes exists because we spin up we, we found a way to spin up my application in a container, which is, a jailed version of of an entire VM. So it's a single process or set of processes that are completely isolated. That's what we want. That's what we want in the application. But now it became easier and easier to spin up multiple applications. So it became really hard to hoard those cats, right? So we needed some tool to manage those containers. That's why it existed. But if you think about it, if you don't have so many containers to begin with, then why do you need this? You don't, right? If you have few containers, yeah, I can manage them myself. Yeah, you know, you come to the questions like oh, high availability. What if I spin up my container on different machines? You can write quick tools to do that for you. Kubernetes was written for 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 people who have massive. Scale. And if you're going with Kubernetes. I don't have anything against that that's that's just a solution but just understand why you're going there just don't implement something blindly snowflake is another thing right just snowflake what is that when, when you hear something it just sounds nice and sexy and spicy but once you dive into it it's like okay this is nothing but a database column based storage and and the, 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 the software vendor don't make this easier for you. They try to convolute this thing. Oh, we're cloud-based, database, scalable, horizontally, all this bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's a little marketing thing. Because they don't want to say, oh, we're just a column-based database. Yeah, that happens to be running on the cloud. So once you understand the first principles, you say, oh, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Oh, you chose this side because of this. Yeah, you have other features like security, but that's the that's 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 the another thing that I I have some beef with the doc of every other software out there. Because if you go to the documentation, everyone of the software tries as much as possible to to beef up the and sound their software is the best, right? So you're gonna start throwing some buzz confusing words just to make yourself like. A, uh, that That's the famous thing if you can confuse them, then they will take you seriously right <laughs> that's 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 what happened in the software engineering industry so we're trying to confuse everybody by by throwing bullshit words that's 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 basically what we're doing right? But once you just look through the bullshit and, and understand the first principles, you are deadly. Nobody can stop you because it's like, okay, this is just these basics, and if someone tells you, oh it's not that easy. Then you start, okay explain it to me what, what is it then if they start throwing another buzzwords then you, they are full of shit simple <laughs> so don't don't take things uh, very seriously right uh, try to relax when it comes to learning don't learn so many things because i can understand how frustrating that can be because yeah it could be very very frustrating to learn so many things serverless is another buzzword right I'm not minimizing the effect and and, and the the challenges that serverless architecture solves. But just understand, what does that mean? It's just a marketing term, right? Because nobody actually explains how serverless work under the hood. There's a lot of work there. The the beautiful design of serverless is underrated. The buzz of the word is overrated hope that makes sense right the 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 art of adding a proxy that measures and have knowledge of whenever you call this function or or endpoint or not and how can I start a particular instance or container or a VM doesn't matter right so that I can execute your function as fast as possible that's the trick and it doesn't matter. You, I'm going to scale it for you. If, you. if you're calling it three times a, a day, I'm going to have one instance. But if, the moment I start increasing the instance, so, so the smart logic is written in the reverse proxy, but nobody talk about that, right? Because it's not fun <laughs> to talk about this stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of smart logic built in the reverse proxy that accepts your request to begin with. That's the clue here and the, the and how if you think about it how can you build this so that it's it's low latency because that knowledge that queries because the serverless have to query and has its own database to store this knowledge to store this state that hey uh joe blow calls this function seven times a day and then now he's calling it more or she is calling it even more that's another thing that's another art right so Learn about these basic fundamentals. Once you break everything into these fundamentals, these fundamentals are not much. There are very few things that we know. Very few thing fundamentals. Once you can, the trick is to break down these big components into these basic fundamentals, so it becomes instantly less overwhelming. Once you look at at the biggest compound, right? It's like chemicals, like chemistry. Like like if I look at the iphone yeah it's a very complex device but if you break it you can essentially break it into the uh, table of elements it has a bunch of table of elements at the end of the day right i'm oversimplified obviously but you get my idea and always ask why always always ask why am i learning this why does this technology exist why react exist why angular exist why why Socket IO exists. Why WebSockets exist? WebSockets, I consider WebSockets almost like a fundamental to me because it's a standard, right? I follow RFCs and standards. That's what I like to follow. Standards. These tools and built off can be broken into these standards and fundamentals. And once you realize that, it clicks immediately. Once you realize that everything can be broken into these small fundamentals and first principles, you're deadly, you're unstoppable. Because that's it. You, nothing will be scary and overwhelming anymore. You can look at anything, and you can challenge people who try to bullshit you. Because there's okay, what does that mean? If they if they tell you, oh, oh, just use I don't know Grafana for example. Okay, what's that? It's it's, it's a fancy word, right? It's getting thrown a lot. It's nothing but a dashboard. right? Dashboard's like okay. It's, uh, I'm thinking. Never used it, by the way, but I, I think it's, it's a web interface. So that means it's a, there is a web server spinning up, hosting that application, and that web server is communicated with the backend, right? So pure client server architecture, simple, 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 right? So so once you understand the first principle and why and why something exists, you start asking more intriguing questions, and you will be surprised how you can cut through anything that doesn't make any sense, Quickly, you'll understand everything, right? That's why I always understand the fundamentals, learning. And take it easy. These technologies are not going anywhere. You're going to learn everything you want. Just pick one thing. Spend a month or two or four months learning that thing and that thing only. And then that learning experience is going to drive you down to the first principle, fundamentals. And you're going to start asking a question oh, I don't understand, uh, for example, I don't understand TLS over TCP. So I need to understand that. So this is a fundamentals. you have to understand it. To me, you have to understand TLS. You have to understand TCP. It doesn't mean you have to understand how the headers of TCP look like to me. Does, I don't care as a software engineer. A network or a security engineer might care and should care. I don't. I know how it works. I know the latency. I know how much I'm opening and closing TCP connection and how many trips a TLS 1.3 does and how many, uh, what is zero round trip time. All that stuff, I need to know it in case my breaking up experience of, of this big technology into this first principle become necessary. And that's it. So always ask why. And take it easy. Pick one thing. Learn it. Take all the time you want. Get off Twitter. Because that just complicate things. Because companies are trying to throw in more and more and more and more buzzwords every single day. Every single day you find new buzzwords. Every single day. And that just confuses us even more. I run into these problem all the time. So sometimes like, okay, I need to take a chill, right? A lot of people invent new words for no particular reasons. So we try to limit these, And or if you can't, if it's a first principle thing that you, that's never been invented before, which is I really doubt it, right? Then, then learn it, right? Example like Cloudflare. Cloudflare built a layer four kernel level load balancer i never heard about this to me this is a new groundbreaking thing i never heard of a layer 4 kernel level kernel level load balancer the all the layer 4 load balancers or proxies that i know about are all living in the application user space they reinvented this thing so that's a first principle to me that's a new thing that i'm gonna add to my list of things that i need to know right but they, they change things. This is this is innovative to me. Building on top of different things is obviously innovative, but it's not as innovative as reinventing a new thing that didn't exist before. Poof. Socket.io is just a library on top of WebSocket. Yeah, it does great things. It does retries. Once we understand why it does it exist, using WebSockets raw is hard because you have to understand uh, when to upgrade the WebSockets, whether the server supports it whether you can retry whether if the connection closed and you should re-establish the connection so secret i is almost like statelessly built on top of WebSockets, which is stateful on top of http which is stateless on top of tcp which is stateful so stateful turtle on turtles so once you understand these things you understand why it exists so only use something that you and look through it Look through these learning experiences and, 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 and cut through the things that don't make sense to you. Always be curious and take it easy. Take it easy. These technologies are always there. DB is going to be there tomorrow. Snowflake is going to be there tomorrow. DB, Cassandra, all of this stuff is going to be there. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy. If you're twenty years old and you're a software engineer, ooh, you have all the time in the world, my friend. Yeah, all the time in the world. Just take it easy. If you're thirty, if you're forty, you still have all the time in the world. Just learn the fundamentals. Take it easy. Take a break from now, from every now and then, right? Just don't don't overwhelm yourself. So the second point I'm going to talk is that, and this is now you're an engineer. Now you are about to fix a bug that is in your system so now i don't know you encounter the bug and and here's the thing about bug fixing bug fixing guys is can be a little bit of overwhelming and can be really frustrating and especially if you do not understand how a technology works and it can get really, really frustrating right sometimes it's all it's, it's out of your hands like the compiler does really weird things in debug mode versus release. unless you're a compiler expert or you're a compiler engineer, you wouldn't get that and I wouldn't expect anybody to be everybody could be adept in compile engineering right so so that would be that would be like high level really well-priced skilled high commodity engineers right there who understand how compilers work and if they want a bug oh oh i i, I moved to debug that means i'm single threaded i mean it's like i don't know i have this my own my own buffer and then it's safer there versus release whereas the memory is allocated a little bit differently god knows i don't know so that's that could be really challenging so when you try to fix a bug try to first of all understand how how things work i mean if if you are living at the application space most of the time these are trivial bugs most of the time Uh, the nastiest bug are with with regards to caching so if you're building a stateless application tough luck man tough luck stateless application are the hardest to debug because if you're storing a state and you and you claim that your application is stateless, then debugging this thing is extremely difficult because how do you reproduce the behavior that caused the bug? Because a request could go to a given container or given VM or given physical machine, and then another request could go to and sets a state, but it goes to another request and sets a different state, and that causes the bug, right, When, when that state doesn't exist. Or even worse, you're you're going to to a container that is fresh, or you're going to have a VM machine that is fresh, and that works, right? But the moment you set something, you set a state, and you get requ- another request and goes to another machine, that works because it's a fresh machine. But the next next time the load balancer the round robin drops you on the same machine that has the state, then it fails. So. That's a stateful behavior in a stateless application that is obvi- obviously you add it for 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 performance reasons, you added this cache, but could lead to this disastrous, unpredictable behaviors. That's the worst thing of the bugs fixing. So my opinion, when you when you see something like that, try to mimic this by attaching the debugger into multiple <laughs> into multiple processes. That's not easy by any means, but try that. But in general, most of the bugs could be fixed by... If you, if you spend most of the time trying to fix one bug, like you spent three hours, four hours trying to fix one bug, and you're, you're, you're always circling the same thing, I suggest, I suggest you really consider taking a break and move to a completely different thing and then come back. Because you will look at the problem differently. And you try to understand it from a bird-eye view. And that might help. Obviously, I'd love to know what do you guys think, junior, senior, engineers, what do you guys do when you face a bug and and that takes a long time? What are the most interesting bugs that you actually faced? So yeah, bug fixing is definitely uh, not fun sometimes. But if you fixed a bug and you absolutely know how you fixed it, Man, that brings you up like with you come out with scratches and, and and battle scars that makes you as a developer and makes you as an engineer. Those are the best, right? If you spend like three days straight trying to find a bug, oh my god! And I, and I remember spending some time like that. It's, most of the time, I spend like three, four days fixing a bug, and most of them are stupid caching problems most of them are cache invalidation most of them right some of them has to do with with the way databases differ right it's like a a sort of oracle versus sql server And, and we're getting the behavior in oracle but not in sql server and slow performance in this and once you understand in my oh my god it makes perfect sense and that's when that clicks you just my friend just learned a new experience that you're adding to your catalog as a as a as a a battle scarred engineer the third and the final point is design activities and 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 this is my favorite because i do i do most of that stuff i i don't know if i mentioned that i don't code in my daily job as i don't write i don't contribute software code just to the software that in my company I, i test I design mostly I'm a principal engineer so I own the product and I communicate with with the stakeholders and, and decide what what goes into the product right so so I, I design I have acceptance right I have I, I do the full designs right so when do I do the full designs? the first design mostly is the best design. however, I found out that if I sleep on it and come the next day I, I have different perspective and I appreciate that initial design more. Sometimes it, it, it works. Sometimes I, I just decide to say, oh, you know what, the initial design that comes out to my mind is the, is the one we're going to use. However, don't just do the design yourself. Right? Try to come up with something and present it to your team. You have no idea how I appreciate working with a team, especially when it comes to the design. Because every engineer gives you their own unique perspective and think. And boy, that is beautiful. Engineers will challenge you. It's like, okay, why did you come up with this? And you have to come up with an answer. Oh, I, I did this because of this. I did this because of this. And when you say that, the, uh, the, the question of why is very interesting. It comes back to why. If you ask why and then you give an answer and then follow up with another why, you get another answer. You will, three whys will get you into a corner that will tell you whether you pick this because of an emotion or because of, a, of an actual valid design choice. Sometimes it goes back to, uh, you go, oh, why, 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 why? And this is, I don't know, because it's a, uh, It's a best practice. You you start saying these kind of things. Oh, because it's a best practice. Oh, because it's a design pattern. Where's that thing? Can you see it? It's a design pattern. That means it's right, right? It's a design pattern. Must be right. Don't fall into that trap. This is great. Those guys are smart as F. But it does not mean they they say it themselves. Doesn't mean every design pattern you have to fit everything into a design pattern, no, or architectural pattern, no. If you can't answer why using that design pattern, oh, it's a design pattern because it's just proven. Oh yeah but why would what would what value will it deliver that's the question you have to answer if you just memorize these puppies and then you blindly using them you didn't learn anything because you're memorizing back to our mathematical concept right if you memorize mathematical equation if you memorized how lo- natural logarithm looks like then then you you kind of just take it for granted but if you know why those People came up with this design pattern. When you built your application, then you can answer this question more confidently. Instead of saying, "Oh, it's a design pattern," you can say, "Hey, oh, it's a strategy design pattern, or it's the observer, whatever the observer design pattern." And, and I picked it because of this. It allows minimum de- min- minimum coupling and almost removes the coupling. That's why I did this. Okay. And as a result, it becomes the application becomes saleable. So people will buy this. And I have smart people in my team, so they call out the BS really quick. <laughs> so, so definitely, guys, think about this and t- take your time. Yeah, you don't have to have an answer for everything, but definitely, I recommend when you design an application, uh, try to do it like before, before bed. Just think about it, and then sleep, and then your brain will start working out the problem. And I, I do this all the time. In my sleep, these design problems comes in. It's like, oh, I should have used this instead of this. It's countless times where I wake up in the morning, and I say, oh, that makes perfect sense. Or I remember that, oh my one of my teammates will say, oh, use this instead of this. Try that. What What will happen? Sometimes I... The more I listen to it, it's like, okay, mine might make sense, but I have a bad feeling about this. And then when you have that bad feeling, just sleep on it. Sometimes it will go away. Sometimes you will find what that bad feeling is, and you go to it. So, guys, to summarize this long video, software engineering field is very complex and very overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be if you know the, basic or the basics of the fundamentals. Break down anything in life really can be broken down into these fundamentals right once you understand the basics first principles of everything and that you take for granted obviously, and then you start you start boiling down everything into these first principles and and you will basically prove everything and 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 if you can't bring the component or the tool or the framework down to the first principle you have a misunderstanding gap that you need to fill. Just try to fill it. Try to identify it. That's tough and difficult. I I totally agree with that. Try to identify it and then try to fill that gap. Usually, it's just a principle. If you feel there is a gap, sometimes it's a gap in you, knowledge. Sometimes it's a flaw in the tool itself that nobody actually claimed. And you actually called it out. Just called it out. Because, hey, what, what does that mean? Why, why do we have this? What, why? Well, It doesn't make any sense. Why do we have this? Right? So, okay. Oh, well, we built this because of this, because of this, because... Once you start asking the question, you get to the bottom. Now. Oh, that problem. I don't care about that problem. I never had that problem to begin with. You guys had it. And, and you built all of this stuff because of this. Screensavers. Nobody uses screensaver anymore. But well, why was it built? It was fun to look at. You think? No. It was built because people with spreadsheets would leave their screens and go back to go to lunch at 12 or 11, then come back and they move their mouse and the screen's frozen. Why? Because because of the emitting of the electrons to the CRT uh, screen would just burn the screen as it is and and will corrupt it. So the, the, they invented screensavers to actually save the screen from burning. And the idea is just keep something moving, keep something moving. So, so you don't just emit the same electron all the, all the time, all the same light. I don't know what, how, how this thing works, right? that's the idea. So if people started using screensaver all the time without knowing why it exists, I think people still do. But this is not a problem anymore. We fixed our monitors so they they you can leave the monitor for days running. It's just the only limitation is the power and, and we don't have that problem, right? If you're plugged in for your laptop, yeah, we turn off the screen just to save in screen time and and, and power the better. That's what we do. So once you understand everything, just it makes perfect sense. So try to do that, and still it's going be it's going to continue to be overwhelming. so take it easy and and just try to enjoy. Try to find the field that you enjoy in software engineering, and go deep into that. Whatever that is, I'm gonna reference the backend engineering three playlist actually. Okay, because I, I I made this backend engineering video that I discuss, where I discuss the different technologies in the backend. Again, these are first principle fundamentals, right? And then you can pick any one of them and then dive deep, and then you can Derive more principles off of those. But once you understand those, yours goes, Oh, I, I love database engineering. I'm going to dive deep into that one. Oh, I love uh, communication protocols. I'm going to learn all about WebSockets. I'm going to learn all about TCP. I'm going to learn all about UDP. I'm going to learn all about gRPC. And I'm going to be the best at when to pick this versus this. We need people that tell us this. No one exists today that tells us. To use this or this everyone just makes up stuff right but once we understand why does grpc exist why does websocket exist why does erme exist erme is is a very grpc like protocol that spotify used they built it customly and they they dumped it eventually in favor of grpc just because thebis is more standardized now and, and popular, but they built it for a reason, and now they they moved for a reason that's you need to understand these these small things and obviously guys i'm going to leave the question back to you what do you guys think of being overwhelmed engineer? what do you do to get less overwhelmed? How do you uh, tunnel through these difficult times when it comes to like to, to difficult tasks or difficult learning curves i'm gonna i want to learn uh, i want to know more about that in the comment section below thank you so much for watching or listening if you're listening on this in the podcast i'm gonna see you in the next one you guys stay awesome goodbye